Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Thanks, Andy. Uh, thank you all for uh, being with us today. Uh, I apologise uh, for some of the uh, kind of tech issues. They happen on occasion. There'll be gremlins in the machine, they do. Uh, okay, so we're going to talk this evening about changing your uniform. Uh, and I want you to picture a scene for me, okay? Imagine this is a, a movie, so just picture the scene. Uh, so you're on a flight, uh, you're flying, that, remember that time where you could go on holiday on a plane and didn't think you'd have to stay in quarantine for uh, two weeks afterwards. So you're on a flight, you're pretty happy, you're going somewhere good, uh, you're 30,000 feet up in the air and suddenly the plane experiences some problems. There are gremlins in the plane, uh, there's shuddering, there's uh, flashing lights, funny noises, people begin to do that kind of nervous murmuring they do before they think maybe something's really going wrong then babies start crying and all sorts of things so that the plane is you're thinking okay this isn't right this isn't going well and then the captain comes over on the tannoy and just says ladies and gentlemen there is a there is a slight issue with this aircraft um and uh, in order not to just panic everybody i'm just going to come out of my cockpit and walk down the aisle and talk to you row by row uh, so that you can ask questions and hopefully everybody can be calm and we'll deal with this issue and you'd be sitting there on this plane thinking well that's a it's a bit unusual, I'm not going to lie. That's quite an odd thing to do, um, but it seems like a good idea. So let's uh, roll with that and see how it goes. Uh, and so the uh, pilot, uh, he goes to the door and you look down the aisle. You think, I can, I can see the cockpit door from here. I can look down the aisle and the cockpit door opens, swings open and out of the cockpit steps somebody dressed as a clown. And in that moment, the plane erupts. Everybody's freaking out. The pilot's a clown. What is going on? This is not good. And the whole plane is freaking out. Now, if you repeat that whole scenario all over again, okay, this time the captain is in proper uniform and everybody uh, is calm. Then he comes out, out of his cockpit uh, onto the floor of the plane. He's just dressed as an airplane captain. It's what everybody expects and they're happy. And why is that? Well, uniforms, they say something about us, don't they? They, they signify a level of identity uh, and uniform confirms to us what somebody does, even who they are. Okay, now it's just an external sign, but it's quite powerful. Uh, and a uniform perhaps uh, confirms uh, what's internally true. Okay, so a captain's uniform, captain of a plane, would reflect uh, training, experience, skill, perhaps even a level of seniority. We would hope it would reflect all of those things. You can't just turn up in an airport dressed as a captain and think you can fly a plane. As much as that is my childhood dream, you can't actually do that, it doesn't work. You need that training experience, you need the mind of a pilot and you can't just get that by thinking it, you have to actually get the training. So today I want us to think about how what's inside affects what's outside. How actually the internal, if we change the internal, it changes the external. 
Uh, and we're going to look at something the Apostle Paul said. And he talks about how we need to take off an old uniform and have our hearts and minds changed and put on a new uniform. And in order to do that, uh, we are going to work our way through a, a passage in Ephesians 4, um, 17 to 32, and look at the power of a changed uniform uh, and how we uh, put on that new one. But before we do, I'm just going to read Ephesians 4, verse 1. That will give us our context. And Paul says there, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to talk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Uh, so, what does he mean? Well, when he says, therefore, he's referring to chapter three, uh, where he prays that God would move in the hearts of his readers, that they would live for Jesus, be strengthened by him, changed by him and know his love in their lives. That Jesus would be the glory in the church, the center of God's people. OK, so that's the therefore. That's what he wants to happen. And therefore, because of that, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. And when he talks about walking, he means this is a way of behaving. Okay, it's the way that we live our lives. When we walk our lives, that's how we live our life. So you think, how does Tim walk his life? How does he live his life? Okay, it's just um, interesting language. Okay, so if you've got Bibles, and uh, do encourage you, got your Bibles, open them up. Go to Ephesians four verses seventeen to thirty-two, and we are going to kind of pick our way through and see that Paul guides us through actually what the old uniform, what the old identity is uh, about taking that off and then putting on a new uniform, a new identity. And that change of uniform, okay, isn't just about putting on clothes and, you know, pretending to be an airline pilot. It's the change of outward behavior that flows from inward change. Okay, so let's think about this old uniform first. And Paul kind of spells it out for us in, in Ephesians 4, uh, verse 17. He says, now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk. There's that word, walk again. You must no longer have the lifestyle, live in this way. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Okay, so what's he mean? No longer walk as Gentiles. Okay, you think, well, that's quite, quite odd language, isn't it? Well, again, walk how you live your life. That's what you need to think. And when Paul talks about Gentiles, he's talking about people who are not in the people of God, therefore not followers of Jesus. That's what we need to understand. So life changes when you take that step into God's people. Okay, then you uh, you walk in a manner worthy of your calling, not walking as Gentiles who don't know God, but walking as people who do know God. Okay, and he says, OK, well, if you're walking as a Gentile, then how do you do that? You go in the futility of their minds. That's what he's talking about. So he's talking about something internal, like the mind in, in, inside you. OK, what, what's he mean by that? Well, when he talks about the futility of mind, he's talking about uh, a darkened understanding. OK, a not clear way of viewing the world. He's not saying they're stupid. Their minds are futile. They're not clever. He doesn't mean that at all. Actually, we know many, many people who are not believers in Jesus, who don't believe in God, who are clearly, clearly much cleverer than me. OK, what it means is their worldview is wrong. That's what he's saying. It's a futile way of viewing the world. It is godless. They don't have God in their worldview. And perhaps they even have themselves at the very centre of their worldview instead. And he's saying, look, this is futile because there is no relationship with God there. To know God isn't just to understand that he exists, 
we can intellectually believe, yes, I believe in the existence of gods, but have no knowledge of him in relationship, no knowledge of him as the father. And that is a futile way of thinking. Actually, we are to have relationship. And without that knowledge, without that relationship, there is a pointlessness there, a futility. Uh, Ecclesiastes talks about life without gods as chasing after wind. Okay, it's utterly futile, pointless exercise to chase after the wind. And then in verse 18, he goes on talking about these Gentiles, talking about the futility of their mind, people who don't follow gods. He says that again, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from a life of gods because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of hearts. Paul just hammers in the words here. It's uh, really interesting stuff, right? Okay. So Paul describes them, these uh, people who are uh, distant from gods, uh, as alienated from them because of ignorance and hard-heartedness. And that ignorance is like, um, like a rudeness. It's a total failure to be grateful and to be obedient. Okay, now when I was a teenager, I'm sure those of you who know me will not be surprised by this on any level at all, but when I was a teenager, I was ignorant of all that my parents did for me. Okay, just it's true. I can, I can live in the same house. I could see the things that they were doing. So I could see mum and dad both working hard in their jobs, both making uh, the house a good, comfortable place to live, both loving us and being kind to us and supporting us and uh, being compassionate and being endlessly patient. I could see all of that, but I could choose to ignore it. I could be deliberately ignorant and disobedient to them and was uh, many times, I, I point out. Uh, and at times, actually, that did make me alienated from them as well. And there is a hard-heartedness in that. There was decisions made to, to walk away, a decision to ignore, a decision to be disobedient. It's not about a lack of knowledge. Like me as a teenager, I knew what my parents did for me. But it was about a decision to walk away. And all of this is going on in the heart it's all internal stuff all of this futility of mind it's what paul is describing and then he goes on to say actually the the way the gentiles walk their lives we no longer walk as they do but the way they walk is this internal futility of mind but then an external thing as well in verse 19 he says they have become callous okay these uh, gentiles who are um, living that futility of their minds they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality greed to practice every kind of impurity that's what he says so callous is a very external word isn't it it's a lack of feeling and if our skin becomes callous it's become hard there's no feeling in it so uh, I, I used to play guitar and bass guitar a bit and uh, you have the tips of your fingers go hard eventually and if you're a guitar player bass guitar player is very useful it's a very helpful thing um, but it means that the feeling goes means they become very hard and it's a picture of someone who won't let gods in their heart is hard their skin is thick and tough they are keeping gods out and Paul says they have given themselves up to sensuality. Greedy to practice impurity. They live only really to satisfy themselves, always wanting more for themselves, not for anybody else. And their heart is to look after themselves. And really what goes on in their heart, Paul is saying, comes out. The internal becomes external and they become callous. They become hard hearted 
to God. Now, uh, an example of this, perhaps for me in my own life, and perhaps you can think of your own examples uh, as well, is that I, am, I worry about money often in my heart. That's something that goes on inside of me. It's an internal thing. I worry about money in the future, about providing for family, about paying bills. I worry about all of those things. And in that, uh, when it goes not well, then there's a not trusting God there, isn't there? That's what I'm doing. I'm not trusting. And how that works is externally, I can become a bit stingy, okay? I can then hold back on generosity. I can worry about pennies and not pounds. And what is in my heart is coming out. That kind of worry about finance, worry about the future, then becomes a callousness in lack of generosity and stinginess, okay? What's in your heart, what is internal, comes out to what's external. Things that are true to us internally come to the surface in our behavior so our internal walk our internal way of living life quickly becomes external doesn't it? so paul challenges us to change the uniform he says in verse 20 but that is not the way you learned christ assuming that you have heard about him and were taught him in him as the truth is in jesus to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Okay, so we're going to talk about you putting off your old self. This is a change of uniform. So he talks about learning Jesus. Again, really interesting language. And he's, again, this is not just head knowledge. Remember, just saying, yeah, I believe God exists. Actually, this is about relationship with him. By having our internal hearts changed, the power of God's reading about Jesus, uh, praying, talking to him, that is heart-changing stuff. And Paul says, truth is in Jesus to put off your old self. Excuse me, I'm having some problems with my music stands. Right, there you go, we will get there. And Paul says, yep, yeah, truth is in Jesus to put off your old self. And it's a big faith step to ask Jesus, actually make me new, change my heart. Actually, that's a big humble step to make say actually lord god change me internally to change me externally and it's a big faith step to be obedient to jesus to not be ignorant to not be hard hide to not choose to ignore but actually to choose to look and see what he has done and it's a big step to do what paul talked about in ephesians 4 verse 1 to walk in the manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called it's a big step to say god's change the internal to change the external faith to work with god and to see that uniform change to put off the old self and when our hearts change we do put off that old uniform to see a brand new uniform a brand new way of living uh, paul says put on verse he says paul says in verse 24 put on the new self created after the likeness of god's in true righteousness and holiness. So this new uniform, this is a funny way of thinking about it, and we have to be careful, actually. Just put on the new self, create after the likeness of God. This new uniform is a bit like God, which is quite a bold kind of thing. I'm going to be like God's. But actually, we are created to look a bit like God. Okay, let's go back to our airline pilot analogy again. Not perfect analogy, but go back. So remember this airline pilot. His uniform tells us quite a lot about him. Tells us, firstly, hopefully he can fly planes, right? That's important. Uh, but also says that actually this airline pilot, she's not just a pilot. 
okay she represents the company as well okay so when you look at an airline pilot you don't see the pilot you see them as head of the crew on the plane but you also think well that pilot also works for i don't know british airways or easyjet or whoever it's a representative of that company and we are representatives as well in fact, we're a bit more than that. This is where the analogy falls down. Actually, we are made to be like God in holiness and righteousness. In our hearts and in our behaviour, actually, we are conformed to be like him. We are in his image. That's how we're made to be. So that is the new uniform coming on to us. So what is this new uniform like? And actually, Paul gives us some help with that. Okay, Verse 25. He says the, un the new uniform, those that wear it, they speak truth. That's the first thing. He says, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. So we are truth speakers. That's what people wearing this new uniform are. They speak truth. And we start with ourselves, actually. How do we tell the truth about who we are? Actually, that's a really interesting concept in this in this day and age you think we are, are animals now on social media uh, we can create a digital version of ourself well how do we tell the truth about who we are when we do that and we also are to tell the truth about the world around us okay to 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 be real about the place that we live in and we also tell the truth about jesus how he brings life how he actually changes who we are changes the uniform so firstly, we are truth speakers. We are also healthy emotionally. That's another point in this new uniform. So look at verse 26. And you, I could do a whole sermon series on, on these uh, different points I'm making here. Uh, so verse 26, he says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Be angry and do not sin. How can we be angry in a way that builds not destroys okay this is uh, really healthy emotions come with this new uniform of being like god and it's actually really interesting don't let the sun go down on your anger well he's saying resolve it talk about these things uh, deal with these things don't let darkness come onto these things and actually when he says give no opportunity to the devil the devil attacks anger and uses it when we hold it within us uh, when we don't deal with it well and then it can become bitterness and it can consume us and he's saying actually look be angry but don't sin in this anger so we are true speakers we are emotionally healthy and we're also generous providers fascinating verse 28 says let the thief no longer steal but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that me, he may have something to share with anyone in need. So people who have this new uniform on, actually, we provide generously. We work hard, we work honestly, and we are generous providers. And I think this is part of our identity in God, actually, is to have a healthy view of money, to have a healthy view of work, to think, actually, you know, I need to work hard to support myself, to support my family, to invest in the kingdom. That's a really important part of the new uniform. And then he says, you're also encouragers. So we're truth speakers, emotionally healthy. We're generous providers. We're encouragers as well. He says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. 
So no corrupting talk. We are to be encouragers. We are to build up others. Now we are, most of us on here may be British. There are those of us who aren't British. And actually one of the interesting things of having lots of guest speakers over the last few months in this evening meeting is a number of them have come from different nations and it's been an absolute privilege to have them. But when we're chatting beforehand, when it's kind of off screen in the, uh, in the, in the breakout room at the beginning before we go live, I'll be making jokes with them and being a bit English and being a bit rude in kind of that's affectionate comedy for us, isn't it? To make jokes. And some of them completely got it, uh, you know, fully on. So uh, Brian last week, who's American was like, Tim, I love English sarcasm. It's wonderful. And so we were sarcastic at him. It was a good time. Others, as I'm making jokes, you can see they have got no idea what I'm talking about or even why I'm being a bit rude to them. And I think, okay, Tim, just uh, rule it back in here. Um, so we're not saying, don't have fun with people but we are saying look what are the things we say about people that can build them up can genuinely bring good in them and uh, someone something that gives them things to hear which really genuinely help them and you know it's like when somebody comes to encourage you and they don't just say oh well done good job but they say you did this thing you did it really well in this way and it made a difference because of that. When somebody's specific and breaks it down for you, it's a wonderful thing. So we're to be encouragers as well. And finally, verse 31, we are to be community builders. And he says, and Paul just hammers this one in. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender hide, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So verse 31, they're all things that you do at people. You're bitter about them. You're wrathful at them. You're angry with them. You, you clamor. You want to overtake them. You slander them. And he's saying, put away all of those things and malice. Put them all away because they destroy community. Those things destroy families, destroy friendship groups, destroy a workplace. I've worked in... Um, in offices where there has been bitterness there and a few people and it can just infect a whole team uh, and it's just a horrible thing and Paul says look put those things away from you actually and be kind to one another be tender-hearted be soft-hearted again don't be callous with them forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you you build community so those of us that wear this new uniform this uniform that uh, Jesus puts on us. Actually, we speak truth. We have emotional health. We are generous providers, encouragers, and community builders. Okay, and when we understand that is our new uniform. Actually, when G and when we understand that actually we're going to walk in a manner worthy of our calling, I think this is a world-changing thing. Now you might think, Tim, that is a little bit dramatic. I'm just one person. How on earth can I possibly change the world? But just think about this for a moment, okay? Again, let's think of this place, maybe this workplace that you go to. Or, or maybe it's uh, in your family and a family's having a difficult time. Or maybe there's trouble in your friendship group, whatever it might be. But if you go into that place uh, and into that community, to that group, and you're someone who speaks truth, Okay, you, you're, you're honest about who you are to start with. You're not hiding stuff. You just speak truth. You're emotionally healthy. You are also good with your money, a generous provider. You also encourage people there. You look to build people up, not destroy them. Then no corrupting talk, no gossip comes out of you. And also you put away all bitterness and wrath and all of that. And you're kind, you're forgiving, you're tender hearted. If you are that person in that group, 
you will change it. Absolutely. It's why Jesus talks uh, about um, a mustard seed making a big amount of difference. Uh, it's an important thing. So we, me and Vicky talk about this idea of being a non-anxious presence. Uh, and I just love this concept that actually there can be a person in a group where there is a high anxiety and we live in anxious times. So just being the person that isn't anxious, not in denial, not saying nothing is going wrong in the world when things are going wrong in the world, but she's saying, you know what? I'm looking to something much bigger than myself. I'm trusting in God's uh, and I'm going to live with this new uniform on and I'm not going to give in to the anxieties of the world. Actually, that person can change the world around them. I believe that. I believe that for all of you listening and watching this evening. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to hand uh, back to Andy and Beth. Uh, and I don't know if we'll be able to get the worship uh, going or not we'll, we'll have another go at one of the um, worship videos that Rosie recorded for us because it's good to worship together and um, but if it doesn't work we're going to pray anyway um, and that will be good and we'll pray about these things so let me just pray for you if you're watching just close your eyes at the moment uh, and uh, we'll pray uh, Lord God I pray that you would uh, you would be the great uniform changer Lord God we want to wear uh, the uniform of, of heaven, I suppose. We want to wear the uniform of your new kingdom on earth, Lord. This uniform that says we are people that speak truth, that are generous, that have emotional health, that encourage those around us and that build community, Lord God. I, I pray that um, for all of us people here listening and watching, you would just drop ideas into our minds of different ways that we can wear this new uniform with our family, with our friends, in our workplaces. Amen.